0: <laughs> and then <laughs> I, I looked down at my family. And- <laughs> Hockey fans. The entire bar was lined with guys <gasps> no, it does not. Oh, I think it does. Well, we do agree that there are many people and places that build the House of Hockey. New episodes every Tuesday. Come on in to the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. It's playoff time. Big stakes, bigger promotions. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $5 into 200 That's 40 to 1 odds on any basketball game. All you have to do is pick any team that is still in the hunt for the trophy. And if that team wins, you will receive $200 in free credits. That's right. Pick any team that is still in contention, bet $5. And if that team wins, you cash $200 in free credits. All it takes to claim these 40 to 1 odds on the basketball team of your choosing is placing a $5 bet on that team and that team to win. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $5 into $200 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game. And if they do, you can claim $200 in free credits. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See dropkings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Welcome to New York. Devils fans, it is your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another exciting edition of the Devils State of Mind podcast right here exclusively on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place as always to get the most up-to-date news, topics, content, and so much more about your New Jersey Devils. I hope you guys are having a fantastic, wonderful, great, however you want to describe it, type of day out there when you're listening to this podcast episode. Thank you guys, as always, for taking some time out of your day to check these episodes out. I really, really do greatly appreciate it. We have a lot to discuss today. First, we're going to be talking about something that I didn't actually know that has been known from some Devils fans for a little while now. And then we're also going to be talking about some rumors that may or may not necessarily involve the Devils, but I kind of involve the Devils in one way or another for specific reasons. And then we are going to be continuing on with our look at potential free agent targets. Today, we are going to be starting with the defensive positions. We're going to start with the left defense. So we have a couple of interesting names to get to. So as I always say, we have a bunch to get to here in this episode. So let's not waste any more time and drop the puck. So we'll start with some interesting, or I guess you would say a fun fact that I did not know about the Devils. Um, I actually saw this from a Devils fan that posted it on Twitter, and then I actually did my own research and got the same information. Apparently, legendary actor Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith are limited partners of the New Jersey Devils. That was kind of a mind-blowing thing because I think a lot of the time with us fans, we always look to try to look for celebrity fans or celebrities that are involved with the team to kind of, you know, have something to stick out our chest and be proud of, so to speak. And this is something that's kind of a, a pretty cool flex, if you ask me. Now, some of you might be asking me, well, Neil, What does it mean to be a limited partner of a team? Well, here is the description that I found. I I think it should be relatively explanatory, but I'll try to to make it even more simple after I read it. A limited partner invests money in exchange for shares in the partnership, but has restricted voting power on company business and no day-to-day involvement in the business a limited partner may become personally liable only if they are proved to have assumed an active role in the business. So basically what it means is that Will Smith is invested in the Devils and he's a partner with the team. He's just not really involved at all. It's just another way for a celebrity or other people to have a share in the team and make a certain percentage of money. So I know it doesn't seem like a whole lot of excitement or anything like that. It just kind of seems like, you know, you could say that the Smiths are kind of using it to make more money. And I mean, look, this is not a surprise. There are probably other celebrities that have our limited partners or have investments in certain teams. I mean, hell, we see NBA players investing in Major League Soccer teams all the time. And so, yeah, you can flex and say, oh, he's a part owner of the team. But in retrospect, he's really more of a limited partner. And mainly he just makes a certain percentage of money from the organization itself. I don't know exactly how much Will Smith is is actually involved at all with the team. This probably is something that his agent uh, suggested and they got involved with. I did find out that he actually is relatively friendly with Joshua Harris, Um, so obviously there's that connection. So that was probably a reason how reason why, uh, Smith got involved in one way or another, but I just think it was a pretty cool thing to share with you guys, even though it's nothing major. And I know that, you know, it would be nice to see him be more visible with the team, but again, he's a limited partner. So he's not really involved at all. To be honest with you, he just gets a certain amount of, you know, a certain percentage of money. He invests money into the team. So in a way you could say that Will Smith is quote unquote, helping us out by investing money into the team. And and hopefully if he, if he wants to maybe invest some more money into team success, which I'm sure we would really, really appreciate right now. But again, just something that I would share with you guys, Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith are limited partners of the New Jersey Devils. So now we're going to shift to our second topic here. I know that la- first one was a little uh, pretty quick basically, but there wasn't a whole lot to really discuss in that, but we're going to discuss something that's probably even more interesting to a lot of you listeners out there. We are going to be discussing rumors. It's look, guys, for us at least for the devils it's uh, it's the off season. And with the off season comes rumors and speculations about not only players on our team but also with players on other teams and the Devils could very well be involved in one way or another in all of these I'm not saying they're going to be involved in all of them at the same time but there I have a list of rumors that one way or another Devils could possibly be involved with down the road and really honestly guys we're not going to get a whole lot of clarity with things until probably the season ends because look we're basically into the second round of the Stanley cup playoffs with Toronto and Montreal playing on Monday for game seven, that will officially complete the first round of the playoffs. But, you know, for uh, the teams that didn't make the playoffs, like the devils, they're already focusing on the 2021, 22 season and how they can better improve. And also they have an advantage that they can really plan out the expansion draft and everything like that. And look, we are just a couple of days, I think three or four days away from the draft lottery. So, obviously, we're going to have our first big moment in the 2021 offseason, as we'll definitely get an idea as to where we are going to be picking in the first round. Again, just to reiterate this the highest the Devils can go is one from their third, the third best odds. And I think the lowest they can go is fifth. So again, one way or another, we are going to get a top five talented player in this draft. So don't worry about it, really. And if we get number one, cool. If we don't, it is what it is. Like, we've already gotten a number one overall pick in two of the last four years. I don't really think we need another number one overall pick. But we'll see what happens down the road. But let's shift to these rumors. And from just re-looking at my list, I have about eight different rumors that have come up. I actually, excuse me, I have nine rumors because there was one that came up just today. I'm recording this on Sunday, May 30th, that came up about two or three hours ago that I wanted to share with you guys because I think it could very well be important. It involves more or less a trade. And some of these actually do involve a trade and we'll talk about them all in this topic. So let's start with the first one. Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet spoke about the Penguins two days ago and said last year, they tried to trade for Flurry. I mean, this is just me talking out of my butt But would they consider that again? Now, I'm sure you guys, your first question would be, well, Neil, that has nothing to do with the Devils. He said the Penguins. Very true. But I wanted to talk about this because here's the thing. Last offseason, when the Devils were looking for a backup goaltender for Mackenzie Blackwood, they, they were involved in a bunch of different rumors. And we did know that Vegas was very much in the process of possibly trading a couple of their older veteran players to kind of. Begin the process of going through their first rebuild since they got in the lead because they've been making the playoffs every single year. I think honestly, and I've said this before, that this is probably the the last chance really that Vegas has of winning a cup with this core because with the money that they've invested and the fact that they're really you know, up against the cap and especially with the flat cap possibly being here for the next four years, it's going to be very, very difficult for them to continue to keep this core and they're going to have to move some guys. So we all know, you know, the resume that Flory has, he's going to be a hall of famer. He's a three-time Stanley cup champion. I mean, he helped propel Vegas to make in the final, you know, in 2018, their first year into the league. And he's been to the finals five times. Flory definitely still has a lot left to play in this league. Like it's not like his skills are declining. The problem is, is that, Vegas is going to probably have to make a decision as to whether or not they want to keep him, possibly if they have to move on from Robin Leonard, which I think would make more sense considering Leonard has had a pretty disappointing year this year for different reasons, but, you know, it's part of the game. But I think if the Vegas Golden Knights were once again taking calls on Flurry, I think the Devils should probably pick up the phone and see what they're looking for, because here's the thing. We all know that Mackenzie Blackwood is the, is is our future. He's our franchise goaltender. Some people agree. Some people do not agree. That is your opinion. You are entitled to it. I'm just going off of what the organization is speaking from and everything. Do I personally believe that Mackenzie Blackwood is our franchise goaltender? It's very hard for me to say definitively yes, because he has regressed and not necessarily to the fault of his own, but you kind of worry about. By the time we really get to be a competitive Stanley Cup team, is he gonna be at that level that we all hope him to be? I don't know. We have to improve the defense and we really do have to get a veteran goaltender, you know, to bring some stability. And Tom Fitzgerald said that earlier this year, that we wanted that he wanted to bring in a veteran goaltender, to really stabilize this, you know, goaltending situation. Instead of having a situation where the goaltender retires at the beginning of the year, then you have to go to two other guys that for a lack of a better term. Were, are not really good, legit backup goaltenders. But I'm sure you guys would be, the next question would be like, well, Neil, here's the thing. Obviously, the Devils would probably be interested because they know the type of goaltender Flurry is. The next question is simply this. Would Flurry want to come to New Jersey? Would he be okay with coming here knowing that he probably wouldn't necessarily be number one? That's a really good question. That is a really good question. Considering how Flurry's agent reacted last year in the bubble with obviously the picture that he shared of Flurry getting quote unquote knifed in the back. Um, it's, it's kind of hard to believe that he would all of a sudden a year and change later, be okay with being moved to a team that is not really as close to winning a Stanley cup. And I know for a lot of players at this point in their career, they're all about being in a position to try to win a cup and and do something. But, you know, things could change. I don't know exactly what the Devils would have to give up for Mark andre Fleury. We do know that Tom Fitzgerald is more okay with trading prospects than he is necessarily trading picks. So unless the Devils could get Fleury for a couple of mid table picks and maybe a prospect or two, it might be very hard. And also Fitzgerald might not necessarily be looking for somebody like that. That, that's another question you have to answer. Is he looking for a one A one B situation, or is he looking for a veteran goaltender that could be here for a year or two, while a lot of the young goaltenders that we have in our system are continuing to develop? Because we have a lot of guys that still have not even proven themselves in the NHL yet, and we don't know exactly what they are going to be. And maybe one of those guys will end up being the long term one A, you know, one B uh, to Mackenzie Blackwood, but. If you're looking for the best possible situation to create a really good 1A, 1B, acquiring a talent like Marc-Andre Fleury, even at his age, would be a very, very good addition to the team. I think a lot of people would be ecstatic about bringing Marc-Andre Fleury in because it would kind of send a message to the team that, hey, we are trying to really make this team better. But again, there are questions of would Flurry want to come here is this somebody that the devils are actually looking at and also what would the devils have to give up and i mean again look the devils kind of hold most of the cards in this situation because if the golden knights are forced into a situation because of the cap where they do have to make moves anyway the devils could probably get flurry for a relatively cheap price because the Golden Knights have very little say in this, and that's the advantage that Fitzgerald wanted to be in when it came to negotiations for players, you know, trading for players um, to have this much cap space, even in a flat cap, because as we mentioned before, the Devils have nearly $30 million in cap space. They are certainly, in my opinion, going to be trying to take advantage of some teams in this offseason. So that was kind of the first really rumor that I wanted to share with you guys. It's, it's a shot in the dark, honestly, it really is. But, you know, the thing I did actually forget to mention, I may have, I may have mentioned it, but if I did not mention it again, the Devils were actually rumored to acquire Marc-Andre Fleury last offseason. They did talk about a trade for Marc-Andre Fleury. It nearly happened. So, in my opinion, I think that the Devils would still have some interest even a year later. I don't think it would necessarily change that much. I'm sure that Fitzgerald might call. But he's not going to call Vegas right now. They're into the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. They're not interested in talking right now. I'm sure when the offseason begins for everybody, they'll probably talk about it more when we get to that point. But I just thought it would be something to share. We'll we'll see if uh, there's any substance to this. Now, the next rumor also came from Elliot Freeman. He said that he doesn't expect defenseman Tyson Berry to be back with the Edmonton Oilers next season. And again, this is kind of an interesting... um, Rumor, because Tyson Berry is not a type of defenseman that's going to cost you a substantial amount in the in the off season. I mean, I, I believe he is a free agent at the at the end of this year. Or, well, he is a free agent now, considering um, that the season for the Edmonton Oilers is over. But I think that this would be a guy that could help us on the right side of the defense. He's still a very solid defenseman. Uh, he could put up decent amount of points, and I don't think he would necessarily cost us that much. Tyson Berry is at the moment, 29 years of age. So he would be more on the veteran side, which could honestly be a good thing for us from a veteran standpoint. And then you look at this past season, he had eight goals, and 40 assists for 48 points. Now, again, he was on the top defensive pairing while working with Leon dry settle and Connor McDavid. So again, it's tough to really know if it was that, if he was really, really having a great season or is because of the team He has around him Uh, this past year. Obviously, in the playoffs, he played in just four games since the Oilers got swept and had no goals, but did add an assist in his career. In his career, Tyson Berry has 88 goals, 306 points for 306 assists for 394 points. It's 610 games. So he's a very very good defenseman. He's a very solid defenseman. He's not a guy that's going to put up gaudy scoring numbers, but he's going to be a, he would be a guy that would be very stable on our power play and penalty kill. And he would be a good veteran presence. And honestly, I think it would cost roughly between three, maybe 4 million. If you're pushing it because he's 29, he's technically in the prime of his career and he wants to take advantage. I'm sure of the market to try to make a good deal. And the devils could definitely give him a solid deal that I'm sure he would probably sign, but who knows what his intentions are being a free agent. It might be money, it might be trying to find the right team, whatever the case may be. But again, the Oilers are also, even with the decent amount of cap space that they have, it still may be not in their interest to keep him because also Adam Larson, another defenseman, former New Jersey Devil, is also a free agent at the end of this season. So they're going to have some interesting moves to make and maybe Tyson Berry's the one that gets left out and that the devils could maybe go after in the in the free agent market. So we'll see what happens with that. We'll see what happens with that. Elliot Freeman, as we all know, is a very, very reliable source. So when he says something like this, I would say it's about probably 90, 90% true. I always give it 10% because people can change their minds. So let's see. Now, here comes a really, really interesting one that I saw literally just yesterday. Emily Kaplan of ESPN thinks that we have likely seen the last of Pecorine with the Nashville Predators. This is interesting. This is very interesting to me because Pecorine has obviously, he's obviously not the goaltender that he was even three or four years ago. UC Saros has clearly become the number one. And Pecorini is at the point in his career where. He may want to try to continue to play in the NHL and maybe have an opportunity to go compete for Stanley Cup, or maybe he just wants to continue to play in the NHL, or he always has the option of going home to Finland to play out the rest of his career. So there's the option there. So let's talk about Pecorini for a minute here, because I'm sure some people are interested And actually, I've, I've actually posted some polls on Instagram at double state of mind about what your guys thoughts are. When it comes to guys that are possibly or, you know, basically rumored to go to the go to the Devils. And you guys were pretty, you guys were pretty much like we like the possibility of Pecorine in New Jersey. It seemed like the majority of you were kind of on board with that. So that's something. Also, it seemed like the majority of you were pretty on board with maybe the Devils going after Marc-Andre Fleury. So there's something to be said for that. But let's look at Pecorine's um. I guess, resume. Let's let's call it resume, basically, and discuss that. Oh, by the way, um, Nashville, this is what you get when you uh, have a coach like John Hines. You're going to have some moments where it looks really, really promising, and then you just don't get it done, as he's proven in New Jersey and he's proving now. And if you think that he's going to be your long-term um, coach, uh, you're not going to really enjoy having him as your coach. Trust me, from experience but let's talk about reading obviously i mean look the numbers speak for themselves he has played in 683 games in his career winning 369 of them losing 213 and also losing an overtime shootout 75 times with a career 2.43 goals against average and a 0.917 save percentage very very good do i think that he could possibly be in the hall of fame It's tough. It's tough because he plays his entire career in Nashville and he, you know, he got to the Stanley Cup finals and was two wins away from winning a cup. But unfortunately, other than that, they've made the playoffs a bunch, but just have not gotten what they needed to do. And he unfortunately has been in a situation where it took them a long time for them to just get good enough to even compete for a Stanley Cup. And now he's kind of in the twilight, if you want to save his career. He's 38 years of age, so clearly he's on the downward spiral of his career. This past year, he finished 10-12-1 and 1 with a 2.84 goals against average and a .907 save percentage, which, mind you, is better than the other two goaltenders we had backing up Mackenzie Blackwood. So if you think about it, he would already immediately be an upgrade from both Scott Wedgwood and Aaron Dow. I'm just being very, very honest with you guys. And obviously, I like mentioning this just for the sake of it, he has a 45 and 44 record in the Stanley Cup playoffs with a 2.49 goals against average and a 0.914 save percentage. Pekarene is still a very, very solid goaltender. And here's the thing: so in 2019-2020, Pekarene signed a two-year contract worth $10 million. Last year, he made $6 million, and this year he made four. So he is actually another unrestricted free agent. So he would be another guy that the Devils could possibly go after. And he may very well be on my list of potential goaltenders, uh, potential UFA goaltenders uh, when we talk about that. We're not talking about that today, but that could be something to uh, look at. But again, I think it would be somewhat of a long shot. It would be in my opinion. And actually there was somebody I was just talking to on Instagram um, that's a pretty big fan of, uh, a Pekka And also he's actually somewhat of a fan of the New Jersey devils. Uh, it's Auntie Hiltua. I apologize, sir. If I said your name incorrectly. Um, but he actually, uh, responded to my Instagram poll. When I said, should the devils bring Pekka to New Jersey? He said, Rene will play in Nashville or comes back to Finland to play for Carpet Ululu. Again, if I said that incorrectly, I apologize. And I said, I figured that it's a shot in the dark. He said, would be cool, though, to see one of my favorite goaltenders of all time in my favorite team. But Carpat also is my Finnish favorite. So this guy is pretty good. He gets too bad that Crawford retired. Season could have been different if he would have been played. I mean, it's very, very true. And I know said, I mean, if they offer him a spot, he may take it like Crawford did last year. Would he retire the same way that Crawford did? I hope not, but it is what it is. So let's kind of finish this part by saying this. If the devils signed Rene, would I be happy about it? I actually would because here's the thing: Rene would not be signed to be with the Devils for the next four or five years um, while we continue to try to become a, a cup contender. He would be signed to honestly a one or a one, maybe two-year contract, very similar to what Crawford got and just bring some amount of stability to the goaltending while our young guys develop. And honestly, when you think about the way Tom Fitzgerald has spoken about the future of this team and how he wants to build it, that may be a better option. It might be a cheaper option because, you know, look, you would sign him as a UFA. You wouldn't have to trade him. You wouldn't have to give up anything. And and if Rene is like, yeah, I'll come to New Jersey and play, you know, that might be it. There may not be that many teams that would be fully interested in bringing him in at 38 years of age, but you never know. I think the Devils should ask. I think they should just call him, call his agent and say, look, if he still is interested in playing in the NHL and if Nashville really doesn't want to keep him, we would be very, very much interested in bringing him in for a couple of years for one or two years uh, to back up Blackwood and to bring some veteran leadership, veteran leadership, again, very big on this whole, on these rumors, very big, very big part um, and give an opportunity. And Rene's agent might say, look, uh, we appreciate it, but I think he would prefer to either stay in Nashville or probably go home and play over, play back home. Um, and that might be the end of this conversation or his agent might say, okay, well let's talk about it because I'm, I'm sure he would be interested and I'm interested as well for my client, and, and let's go from there. So, look, again, another shot in the dark because he's not rumored. There isn't rumors out there that say he's going to New Jersey or he may go to New Jersey. I'm just giving you guys some some different players to think about. And I'm not trying to get your hopes up, but right now there isn't much going on at Devil's Land, so this is the best I can do right now. So I'm just throwing out some things there for get you guys to, to really think and to really – Wonder to yourself, and you know, bring up some other arguments if you have some other guys. Maybe the Devils should pursue, but Pecorino would be a, a very solid addition for, from a veteran perspective um, this off season. Now, here comes the next rumor. Again, Elliot Freeman. He says teams have taken notice on Sabres players Sam Reinhart and Rasmus Ristolainen. A very, very Ristolainen is a very, very interesting um, player to me. Very, and so is Reinhardt to an extent, but. You know, that's it's not that I'm against Reinhardt. I just kind of wonder if this, if this was kind of like a one-year thing for him with how he did in Buffalo. But the reason I brought this up is I was more interested in the wrist-aligned part that Sam Reinhardt. Because honestly, if the Devils were to go out and get Sam Reinhardt, it'd have to be a trade. And I and I've already seen people say, "Oh, let's trade Zaka," and I'm kind of like, why? I mean, Zaka kind of really proved himself this year. I think he's earned the right to continue to be on this team. Um, and I'm not wild about Sam Reinhardt either. If that's going to be your best four that you can get in this offseason, I would kind of not be satisfied, but it is what it is. But Ristolainen is way, 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 way more interesting, to me at least. Now, let's let's talk about Ristolainen in case you guys don't know. He's 26 years of age, so he's pretty much entering or is just about at the beginning of the prime of his career, he's six foot four, two hundred twenty-one pounds. He's a right-shot defenseman, so obviously that's something big. And we're lacking, other than obviously we have Kevin Ball, who's six foot six, six foot seven. We are lacking another big defenseman, and I would love this. I would love if the Devils could get him. In five hundred forty-two career games, Ristolainen has scored forty-six goals, has tallied one hundred ninety-nine points for two hundred and forty-four points. I mean, he has one hundred ninety-nine assists. For 245 points. I don't know why I keep saying points before assists. Don't know what's going on with me today. But anyway, uh, last season, this past year, look, a lot of you know the story. He had COVID like a lot of the Sabres players, but he really suffered badly from it. I mean, it took him a long time to get back this year. And a lot of us were concerned about him and he was really struggling to breathe and things like that. And throughout all of that, he still was able to play in 49 games, had four goals, 14 assists for 18 points. And Ristolainen has spoken somewhat about, like a lot of Sabres players, their discontent for, you know, the situation and how things have gone in, in Buffalo since a lot of those guys have been there. So, uh, again, if, if, it's, if it's something where Ristolainen would prefer to just go to a change of scenery, is it an improvement to go from Buffalo to New Jersey? Not to be biased, but probably. Uh, he'd probably be given even more opportunities to really be a top four defenseman. I think when you look at it, it would be great. Uh, Again, I know that Dougie Hamilton is available and I know how much money he's going to be looking for. And maybe the Devils look at Lersfield and say, yeah, we'd have to trade for him, but he probably from a financial situation with knowing that we got to probably also try to save some of our RFAs and save some money for extensions for some of our top players. It may not necessarily be that bad of a move. So that's something to keep in mind. Now, for those of you that are interested in what Bristol Lions contract situation is at the moment, it's this. He signed a six-year $32.4 million contract with the Buffalo Sabres back in 1617. At the moment, he has two years left, or actually one more year left on his contract. Uh, this upcoming year, 2021-22, will be the last of his deal. And in 2022 23 he will be an unrestricted free agent. So obviously this is going to be somebody that teams are going to continue to call about, especially if Buffalo uh, has another disappointing year and are going to be sellers at the deadline, or maybe they trade him during the off season, like possibly this off season and say, look, let's try to get some value for him now before, you know, we lose him. But they may also try to keep him because they're trying to keep uh, Jack Eichel, from really demanding a trade and getting out of there. They want to keep him interested in staying with the team. So I think that's something to keep in mind basically. But again, if Buffalo is, is interested in moving wrist alignment, I think the devils could certainly be a taker in that. I mean, $5.4 million for one year is not a lot. And also look, the devils could very well bring him in and then immediately give him an extension that could be substantive. That could be very good for him. I mean, also they could, yeah, wait another year and then bring him in as a, as a twenty-seven, almost twenty-eight-year-old uh, unrestricted free agent. But you know, if you're trying to help out your defense this year with some with some guys like that, I think Ristolainen would be good. I really do. That would just be me. Who would I see the Devils going for the other way? I think you would probably include a pick or two and maybe Damon Severson, because I mean, Severson kind of plays the same position same right-handed shot. And to be honest with you, I'm kind of tired of Severson from the standpoint of, I'm tired of him saying how much he's so used to, you know, the same seasons over and over again, and kind of that attitude. And it's like, you're not helping the cause by constantly going, Oh, here we go again. Let's try to, let's try to have a more positive attitude to try to help these young kids along. Let's try to be more optimistic and more encouraging to the younger players instead of just kind of throwing in the towel. Like it seems I'm not, I'm not trying to accuse anybody of anything, but it, it seems that way from the way I look at it. But, again, I think Ristolainen would be a really solid pick. I think a lot of people would be ecstatic about bringing in a guy like Ristolainen. And maybe a change of scenery would be good for Ristolainen. He might feel more energetic about playing for a team that has maybe more potential at the moment than the, than the Sabres do. But, I mean, they do have Jack Eichel. So that's the one thing that they have that the Devils don't. Um, the Devils are not massively better than Buffalo. I mean, they did finish with the third fewest points in the league this year. So, you know, that's the way I look at it. But again, another rumor that could very well involve the Devils down the road. Now, here's another one. Frank Saravalli, former senior reporter for TSN at the moment. He no longer works for TSN. He's a, as he put it in his Twitter bio, a reporter free agent. Uh, He said that the Calgary Flames are likely to leave their captain, and defenseman Mark Giordano and forward Milan Lucic exposed to the Seattle Kraken at the expansion draft. I've talked with my good guy, Jersey Joe, a bunch about the expansion draft and how there are going to be situations where the Devils may be involved in training for a player in order to prevent Seattle from taking them and then acquiring them for their own benefit. And it may not cost them a whole lot anyway. So if, and also the other thing is this, if somebody is actually being left unprotected in the expansion draft, I think it would just make it easier for the devils to just call that team and just be like, Hey, do you mind if we try to trade for him? Would like, do you want to make a deal so you could get some value for him and we take them? and that, and the flames might say, yeah, let's, let's talk Turkey. You know, let's, let's go, let's, let's discuss and let's see what we can do with it. So I think that's something to keep in mind. Milan Lucic would be interesting from having a big body in front, but i I'm not, I'm not, a big Milan Lucic fan, especially at this point in his career. Mark Giordano, on the other hand, veteran defenseman. I think he is a very underrated player in this league. I think he's been an underrated player his whole career. And I think part of it has to do with the fact that he's been in Calgary pretty much his entire career. But let's kind of bring, let's bring up, let's bring up Mark Giordano's career stats and let's kind of talk about him because the Calgary Flames are such an interesting team. Because they have so many different guys that could be on the move. And trading away Sam Bennett might have been the beginning of the end for this core. And I know a lot of people have said it's time to move on from this core. And Giordano was part of that core. And he might be somebody that the Devils could uh, look at. Giordano is 37 years of age. So again, this is a guy that would be coming in for veteran presence. I think he would stabilize the penalty kill. Um, I really, really think that he could. he's a really good puck-moving defenseman. And just a year or two ago, he was he won a Norse Trophy. So, I mean, is it that is it like is it really that bad if we got him despite the fact he's 37 years of age? In my opinion, no. In 949 games played, so he's 51 games away from a thousand. Giordano has scored 143 goals, had 366 assists, and 509 points. So he just got to 500 points this past year. So congratulations to him. He had nine goals, 17 assists for 26 points in 56 games played in the 2021 season. Now let's talk about Giordano's contract at the moment. He signed this contract back in fifteen sixteen. He has one more year left on his deal. So he'll be a free agent in the 2022, 23 off season. He signed a contract that is worth at the moment 40 and a half million dollars and is an average annual value of 6.75. So he's a little bit more pricey uh from a salary cap perspective than Ristolainen would and he's over a decade older than Ristolainen. So if you're bringing in Ristolainen, it doesn't make sense to bring in a Giordano as well because he's there and, and look we have some more interesting situations on the left side of the defense. I mean, we do have Ty Smith and Kevin Ball, um, but we do need another guy to help us out there. And again, here's the thing. And I've talked about it before with some of the potential free agent targets the Devils could go after They're former captains. And I'm not doing this just because I love all these players. I'm doing this for a specific reason. Nico here this is tech, technically next season will be the first full year he will be the captain of the New Jersey Devils. And a lot of people have said he needs to grow into this role. It would help to bring in some former captains or at least one that knows what it takes and knows how to do it to help him along, to help build his confidence and his belief that he can be a good captain for this New Jersey Devils team. And a guy like Giordano would be, I think, a help to that. The question is, would Giordano be interested in that? Um, at the moment he has a 10 team, no trade clause and the devils could very well be one of those 10 teams and Calgary might, again, Calgary might be in that position now where it's time to start really moving on from guys and Giordano, if he's left unprotected, I mean, the devils may just decide to, to, to bring him in anyway. And, and, but again, all of these are shot in the dark. Honestly, they're all shots in the dark that don't necessarily involve the devils, but it's certainly something to keep in mind. So, again, Giordano would be a solid uh, guy to come in for a year or two. I mean, he's an unrestricted free agent after one year. So if you brought him in for next season and he played out the rest of his contract and that was the end of it, that's fine. You could also end up trading him at the deadline if, again, your seller's at the deadline and somebody might have the cap space. Probably not, but maybe for $6.75 million, you know, we'll see. We'll see. But again, Giordano would be an interesting uh, pickup if the Devils actually made a move for him. Now, here's another one involves the San Jose Sharks. Kevin Kurz wonders if it's time to trade one or both of San Jose Sharks forwards, Timo Meyer and Kevin LeBanc. Kevin LeBanc is relatively from this area. He's actually from Long Island. Uh, Again, he signed a one-year deal to kind of prove himself and it kind of worked out for him and He's still looking for a really, really nice, hefty contract. Timo Meyer is really, really good friends with Nico Kiescher. They play on the Swiss national team. He has done really well with Nico Kiescher in this world championship tournament. And I did mention before, could it be somebody the Devils could be interested in acquiring as a top six winger? I think it would be. If you're looking to try to trade for a top six winger, Timo Meyer would be a good one. He's a very consistent scoring almost basically two way forward that could really help. If you have him on that line with Nico, Hischier. Sure. I think that chemistry would roll right from the first day of training camp because they're already building chemistry right away. Are possibly Nico and Timo talking about it? Uh, maybe. And look, San Jose is trying to make a decision as to, are they still trying to compete for a Stanley cup? Or is it finally time to rebuild after 15, almost 20 years of constantly competing for a Stanley Cup, which is a pretty remarkable amount of time that Ron Wilson has done in San Jose. So Timo Meyer is somebody that Devils fans have been interested in before. And if the Devils were able to acquire him, I don't really see how the Devils could have to give up a boatload for maybe a second and a third. Um, And I'm sure it would be helpful for the San Jose Sharks for cap perspective so that they can make some other moves that are maybe a little bit more important to them. They do have a lot of still solid, good forwards other than Timo Meyer. Um, but Hey, you know what, if the devil's brought him in, at least we'd have another Swiss guy. We have some familiarity. We already have some chemistry with, like I said, Nico and Timo, and it would be, it would be a really, really good pickup. Cause I know the type of player that Timo Meyer is. And I know what he can bring to the table and he would be a guy that could help us. He could be a guy that could get 25 to maybe 30 goals. If he really is playing at the top of his game, which I, I would fully expect him to do so. Next one is Jimmy Murphy said that this season could be Yaroslav Halak's last with the Bruins. The play of Jeremy Swayman has changed everything, and it certainly has. Jeremy Swayman has been a really big surprise for the Boston Bruins, and we know that, you know, Tuka Rask is going to be a free agent this year, and most likely it's going to be either the Bruins or retirement for Tuka Rask. I think the Bruins would want to keep him. I think they would, and they really like Swayman, so Halak is probably going to be the odd man out. And Halak has been a constant, very solid goaltender for a handful of different teams throughout his career. And he still shows signs that he still has a bunch of game left to play. And he would be another relatively cheap option for the Devils if they want to go better and back up. I mean, hell, Halak has really struggled in the last couple of years to beat the Devils. So why not come to the team and help us win some games against some other teams that you've had success against? So, yeah, I mean, Halak would be another solid veteran guy if we brought him in i would be like yeah that's cool like i like a lock i think he would help us um and again one two year deal wouldn't necessarily be that bad of a move and maybe halak would want to come here to try to continue to play in the NHL because some guys their motivation is just to keep playing in the NHL so let's think about that. Now the last two I have here are really really shots in the dark. One of them the devils were rumored to be involved in last year and it's coming up again. Eric Francis said there is a 90% chance that Johnny Goudreau of the Calgary Flames is gone this offseason. Here we go again. A lot of Devils fans would love Johnny Goudreau. And I would love him too. The only issue that I have is this. Goudreau has publicly said that he would like to play for the Flyers at some point in his career. He's from Jersey, but he's from South Jersey. So he grew up Closer to being a, you know, closer to Philadelphia. So he'd be, he grew up a Flyers fan. Would he be even interested long term playing with the New Jersey Devils? I don't know. Would the Devils want to trade for somebody that has publicly said that they are very interested in going to Philly at some point in their career and try to trade for a guy who has one year left on his contract and then he leads in the offseason? Uh, to me, it just seems it look. I know the type of player Johnny Gaudreau is, and I know what he could do. He's a very talented player, even, and he's in the prime of his career, and he would certainly help us out right now. But honestly, folks, honestly and truly, I don't think he would be that interested in coming to New Jersey because Calgary is better than New Jersey right now. And, you know, again, Calgary is definitely in that moment where they have to make a decision as to what they want to do with this core. And if they want to keep Kachuk, uh, but they got to move somebody else, Johnny Gaudreau might have to be the guy that ends up getting getting traded um devils have the cap space to afford them do they would they have to give up a lot they probably would have to give up a decent amount even with the flat cap so that wouldn't be great and again if goudreau is not that interested in staying long term there's no point in trading for a rental when we're not in the position to acquire a rental like that for a stanley cup because we're still trying to build a team here with some of the young guys that we have in our system that we haven't even seen yet like alexander holtz and dawson mercer and you know, Graham Clark and other guys like that. We we don't, that's a tough decision to make. So no, I really don't think the Devils will be involved. Um, they may call. If they get a decent deal, it might work. If they can convince Johnny Gaudreau to stay long-term, that would be great. But I don't, I don't see how that could be um, the biggest, uh, I don't see how that would be the greatest move to make if it's going to be that difficult to keep him around. Now, the last one is the one that, really kind of surprised me earlier today, actually, yes. I think it was like two days ago, Seth Jones of the Columbus blue jackets told the blue jackets that he is not going to sign an extension. And he wants to test out the free agent market in 2022, 23. So this upcoming season will be the final year of his contract with Columbus. And basically the blue jackets are now in a position to decide, okay, okay, Do we try to convince him to stay here or do we trade him? And now we're hearing that the Columbus Blue Jackets are likely to trade Seth Jones this summer. It comes from Aaron Portsline. So this is really fascinating because Seth Jones is going to be somebody that could very well be, very well could become the highest paid defenseman in the NHL at 24, uh, 25, 26 years of age. He is a very, very well-proven defenseman. This is a guy that he really would be like your top number one defenseman on your power play, your penalty kill, you know, getting a lot of minutes. Hell, he played in the bubble. He played over an hour of ice time. Played like 60 minutes. Was like an NHL record. He's an Iron Man. I mean, he really is. He's a very, very good player. Also the son of Sidney Jones, the former NBA player, in case you guys didn't know that. Just wanted to mention that. But It's damn, man. It's interesting. And especially if the divisions go back to where they were after this year, which I hope they do. I mean, Columbus is in the same division as us. Would they want to trade him? And also would, would Jones want to come to New Jersey? I think he has a 10 team, no trade clause. Again, the devils could be one of those teams in a 10 team, no trade clause. It's a very good question. Could the devils convince him to sign a long-term deal maybe, but you know, especially with the flat cap over the next couple of years, would Tom Pacheco be comfortable giving him 10, maybe even $11 million per year um, when he still has some other guys he has to give money to, especially with the young core? It's, a, it's an interesting thing, but I think the Devils, uh, I think honestly with a lot of these, they should call just to see what the asking price is. And if they feel it's it's good for them and it's going to work out for them then they should go after him. Uh, a lot of you guys, uh, I posted a poll earlier today on Devil's State of Mind Instagram. Again, do you guys think the Devils should go after Jones? 20 people at the moment have answered this poll. 17 of you have said yes, and only three of you have said no. So I'm really kind of I'm kind of surprised because this has been one of the most one-sided polls I've done with regards to rumors and things like that. And it seems like a lot of you guys would really like to bring in uh, Jones and I, I would be floored if we got him. I, I would be I would be like, damn, it's awesome. Let's let's roll. And again, it would also be another one of those you send a message that we are going to improve this team. And we know how much the defense needs to improve even now. We took some decent steps, but we still have a lot of work to do. And I think we have to go from there. So I mean, look, if the devil's got Seth Jones. It would cost them a lot, but it would have to be a situation where the devils would feel confident that they could sign him to an extension right after acquiring him. Like when uh, JG Paggio got traded from the senators to the Islanders last trade deadline, not this one, but the one before and sign an extension right then and there. And that was the end of it. Um, they could do that. that. That's great. If they can't. Again, just like the draw it would be almost like a rental. And that's kind of tough. And again, we have to remember that there are young guys waiting in the wing that I'm sure Tom Fitzgerald wants to see play at some point, And he doesn't want to just stack the team with all these, you know, NHL players right now and stunt the growth of some of these guys. But again, speaking as a fan, it is difficult when the team is still not showing the progression that needs to, and we need to start adding some impact players and getting a guy like Seth Jones would be doing just that at a position that needs a lot of work in defense. It would help our defense tremendously. It really would. What are the chances the devils make a deal for Seth Jones? I would say 25% because of the whole situation with trying to get him to sign a contract extension. What are we even, are we one of the 10 teams that he's not interested in? yada, yada, yada. So we'll see what happens with that. And those are all the rumors that I have for the devils that are, they don't necessarily involve the devils, but maybe the devils could be involved in one of these or a couple of these one way or another. Now we're heading to the third and final part of this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast, and we are going to be continuing on with our potential free agent targets. Today, we are going to be discussing the left side of the defense so we have two sides of the defense the left side and then next episode will be the right side of the defense we have three guys here and honestly the left side of the defense doesn't scream a whole lot of guys that are gonna that are like really you know top guys but i think one way or another all of them would be solid additions to helping us on the left side we know we have the likes of tyson kevin ball and you know muka madulin down the road as well It, it there there are There are situations where you look at it and say, yeah, but we still need help in the now to try to help this team grow. And and the devils may look for, look for that in the left side of the defense, especially in the free agent market, if they want to, if they want to go down that route. But the first guy that comes up is Alec Martinez. He's 34 years of age, currently playing for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Devils fans know him relatively well. He played for the LA Kings back in 2012 when they won the cup against us. And also in 2014 scoring the game winner In game number five to win the Stanley Cup. So he has a lot of experience in the Stanley Cup playoffs, Stanley Cup finals, winning Stanley Cups, uh, winning Olympic, um, being in the Olympics as well. So Sky has a long track record, nine goals, 23 assists for 32 points in 53 games played this past Regular season. He has 73 goals, 165 assists for 238 points in 660 games played in his career. And he has nine goals, 16 assists for 25 points in 91 games played in his career in the postseason. His current contract is a six year, $24 million contract he signed back when he was with the LA Kings in 1516 an average annual salary of $4 million. And this past season, he has earned a base salary of $4 million with a cap hit of $4 million. So he will be, honestly and truly, he will be on the cheaper side because of his age being 34, going on 35. And I mean, for Martinez, it's a simple question of, is he looking more to be on a team at this point where he has a chance to win a cup? I mean, he could very well win a cup with Vegas. You know, they're they're not that far away from winning a cup. They got they got to get through Colorado and then the next round and then, you know, go from there. So, you know, we'll see what happens in the future of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, you know, he got traded to the Vegas Golden Knights from the Kings. Uh, it's certainly been a solid addition to that defensive core. But again, Vegas is at that point where because of the flat cap, they're going to have to move some guys. And Martinez might be somebody they just don't want to bring back because of how much he may cost. Do I think that he's going to be making $24 million over the next six years? No, I think that you could sign him to a three, maybe four year contract for, let's go with, you know, three, $4 million per year um, and go from there. But the Devils may not want to do that because of the fact that he is on the older side. And, you know, we have some young defensemen on the left side anyway. But again, he would be a solid addition to this team. Um, veteran presence, as I keep saying over and over again, uh, really good power play guy. Uh, it would, it would really be a solid pickup if the Devils decide to go for Alec Martinez. The next guy is Jamie Oleksiak, who is 28 years of age left, you know, obviously a left defenseman playing for the Dallas stars. He had six goals, eight assists for 14 points in 56 games played in 2021. He has 24 goals, 48 assists for 72 points in 369 games played in his career. And in the playoffs, six goals, four assists, 10 points in 43 games played in his career in the postseason. He signed a three year contract worth $6.4 million back in 1819 with the Pittsburgh Penguins. And he has an average annual salary of $2.137 million. And this past year, he earned a base salary of 2.5 million dollars with a cap hit of 2.14 million dollars. So he would be probably an even cheaper um, option, and he's younger than Alec Martinez. He's right now in what I would consider the prime of his career. Uh, he would be somebody you'd probably sign to a little bit longer of a deal, maybe a four or five year deal with a little bit, you know, higher up in the pay grade, and. The Devils may not be interested because, again, with all the left, you know, with all of the young guys that we have on that left side, you know, it might be difficult. The right side is going to be way more interesting because of the lack of right side defensive help that we have. But Jimmy Oleksiak, I think, would be a solid um, addition. There isn't much necessarily to say about him. He had kind of a down year with Dallas, and Dallas may decide to move on from him. And they may decide to keep him because they may look at it as a cheaper Option for them to help out with the young, defensive, talented core that they have already there. last guy that I have here is another uh, guy that's, you know, a pretty pretty decent player. He's, he's nothing to write. He's nothing major. He's not like a blowaway type of defenseman. It's Mike Riley, 27 years of age, currently playing for the Bruins. He had no goals but 27 assists for 27 points. In 55 games played this past year, he has eight goals, 72 assists for 80 points in 259 career games, and he has zero goals, three assists, three points in six games played in the playoffs in his career, with obviously this being the first time he's been in the playoffs in his career. He signed a two-year contract worth $3 million with the Montreal Canadiens back in 1920. He played for the Ottawa Senators as well before ultimately ending up in Boston. Uh, He's earned an average annual salary of $1.5 million, and he's earning that same again. So he would be a guy that would be a relatively young player, kind of fit the core of the team, not cost you a whole lot could certainly help bring a little bit more stability to the defensive side. He's certainly a guy that can help us on the offensive side. And the big reason that he doesn't have a whole lot of goals is because he's considered more of a defensive defenseman. So if he's a guy that can help us with the playmaking ability and also blocking shots, I'm all for it. So I think out of these three guys, the guy that I would be most interested in, you know, with everything with all factors involved would probably be Mike Riley. I like it. I think it would be a solid addition to the team and go from there and, it wouldn't cost us a whole lot. It could help us continue to help the grow of the rest of the young guys that we have on that left side. And if it doesn't work out, it's not costing you a whole lot. Maybe you can move them for a pick or two. So that's, some, that's something. So those are the three guys that the Devils could potentially look at from the left defensive position. Not a whole lot to talk about there, but let me know what you guys think on Twitter at Devil State and also on Instagram at Devil State of Mind. If you like any of these guys or any of the rumors that I've mentioned or anything that we talked about today, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. What's going on, Devils fans? It's your host, Neil Piano. Thank you so much for checking out this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get the most up-to-date news about your New Jersey Devils. If you want to check out more of the podcast, here's what you do. You go wherever you listen to podcasts, so that could be Spotify, that could be iTunes, that could be Google Podcasts, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts, you go and you search Devils State of Mind and you will find the new episodes that we post every week on both Mondays and Thursdays please also go check out the Hockey Podcast Network as a whole. We have podcasts for all the teams in the NHL, as well as other great hockey podcasts. So just like with Devil's State of Mind, just search Hockey Podcast Network, and you can see all the podcasts that we have on this great network. You can follow the Devil's State of Mind on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Double State, and you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Devil's State of Mind. Make sure to also follow the Hockey Podcast Network on all social media platforms. Just search at H-O-C-K-E-Y, hockey, P-O-D, pod, N-E-T, net. If you wanna listen to more of my voice, go like and subscribe to the MoFobo Network Sports Podcast, where I talk about all things going on in the wide world of sports. New episodes go out every Monday and Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Presents channel on YouTube, where just like the podcast, I talk about different topics that are going on in the world of sports as well. New videos go out every single Tuesday on YouTube. So it's spelled M O F O B O Network Presents, and you will find it. Again, New videos out every Tuesday. You can stay up to date with all the new episodes and videos by following me on my personal Twitter at t h e n v p s h o w, my personal Instagram at n v p q b eleven, and also Mofobo Network on Facebook. And last but certainly not least, go check out both my books on Amazon and Barnes and Noble right now. The first is J E T S. -S 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 Pain, pain, pain—the agony and the ecstasy. Nah, no ecstasy of being a Jets fan. This book is about all the pain and suffering of being a New York Jets fan. So, from all the painful moves, painful games, painful player decisions, painful ownership decisions—you know where? You know anything we could think of—it's in this book. So this is really for the Jets fan. So if you're a Jets fan, a football fan, if you know some one of those, or if you just want to support me, go check out that book. The other book that I just published recently is titled Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. This one is all about the regrets of being a Mets fan. even through world championships in 1969 and 1986, there was so much regret between those years, between those years, as well as the years following 1986. Both of these books are available for both hardcover and ebook for the price of 1969. So if you're a Jets fan or a Mets fan, or by some chance you're both, you probably guessed why I chose that price. So again, please go check out both of those books. The first one, J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 The pain and Suffering of Being a New York Jets Man, and also Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. So once again, thank you guys so much for checking out this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. My name is Neil Velopiano, and we will see you in the next episode. Everyone continue to be the amazing people that you are you know, every single day, you know, always remember to just be yourself and continue to kick absolute butt. And one last thing, rock on. Woo!